Let me just double check. And uh, wow, it's a beautiful Sunday as we get to worship together. And it's such an honor to be able to look and study from the Word of the Lord. Amen, church. And uh, my name is Toby. I'm here to serve as the lead pastor of this church. And just the honor, it's just a beautiful honor that we get to do this week in, week out. And not just on Sundays, but, you know, during the week too. I mean, this church, this place is being used for God's glory. And it's just a beautiful thing. And, uh, Anyways, before I, I, I begin, I want to show you a picture, okay? And I was wondering if you could tell me if you've ever seen this picture, and if you have, don't give it away, but, um, okay, and I'll probably be able to show it um, on the screen as well. How many of you have seen this picture? Okay, can you raise your hand? Okay, and I think you could put it up on the screen too. The first picture, please, okay? All right, so yeah, can you, have you, have you seen that picture? Nobody? Nope, nobody. Okay, one person. Okay, good, good, because then... I want to ask you something. What what does he look? Okay, what what kind of a, uh, emotion does he have right here? Happy. happy, glad, right? So he's he's kind of wearing a weird hat, but you know, to check this out. Okay, watch this, watch this. He's gonna if you have not seen this, it's gonna freak you out. Okay, here you go. Okay, Facebook Live. Okay, here you go. Boom. Next, okay, you can flip it so the back people can see. It's just the same picture. Which angle or which side you see it? It's a totally different expression right so it's a and um you know this is a picture where i wanted to use just to ask you a question it might be a a kind of a tough question to ask but when you close your eyes when you pray to god what do you see is he is he the first picture or is he the the second picture it's the same picture but the way we see god when we feel jesus when we see feel him close to us and you probably imagine a face, he's not wearing a weird hat, our God is not wearing a weird hat, but, um, you know, the, the, the picture that you imagine might be, hey, it's good to see you, it's good to see you again. But then when, when this other face says, hey, the other picture, hey, it's good to see you again, it's a totally different ex- impression, but when you feel distant from God, you may feel like that's how he's looking at you, the way that our closeness matters when we uh, f- figure out this persp- uh, how we perceive God, the distance determines how we see Him. Today's theme is growing closer to God, closer and closer to God. Even if you think it's close, you could get closer, okay? So closer to God, and how is that possible? It's through prayer. It's through prayer, and that's how we get closer to God. We pour out our hearts. We pour out our lives and, and ourselves to God. So the only way to grow this intent, intimate closeness is through prayer. And we're going to get into what is prayer and why we should pray. Because why is important. If we don't know the why, then we're just going to forget it. But why do we pray? And then what should we anticipate from God when we pray? I mean, that's a good, important question. Because there are some misunderstanding about prayer in this world. So I believe it's very important to think about how, what we should anticipate, and also what is the attitude when we pray? What does that look like? What is that supposed to look like? And I'm going to offer some practical prayer tips at the end, so I hope um, it's, it's, it's a meaningful time for you. And uh, we've been looking at the Gospel of Luke and this journey that Jesus is on. He is going to die for you. He's going to die on the cross. He's walking towards Jerusalem where the cross is waiting. And now he's getting closer and closer. So as he gets closer, this teaching is more of his will. He wants to make sure we, as followers, disciples of Jesus, remember these things. So Jesus is on his tour 
to go to the cross, but in the meantime, he's teaching us really important lessons that we cannot, cannot miss. He talked about heaven. He talked about hell. Last week, he talked about the end of the world, the end times, and how we need to be prepared for that. It's been tough, challenging questions that he's been asking us. And now, at the very next verse, as we begin in chapter 18, verse 1 says this. If you could look at it on the screen. How, why don't we read this together? Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So he knows that it's been tough. He knows that it's been challenging. So therefore, he says, I want you to have faith. But in order for you to have faith and not give up on God, you got to have that prayer life so that you feel God close to you. So this is Jesus inviting us to think about prayer. He gives a rather odd illustration or a parable about this unjust, corrupt judge. And we got to be careful because sometimes when we don't understand this correctly, then we're going to misunderstand Jesus' lesson. So let's look at verse 2. And it says this judge is a judge who did not fear God and he did not care what people thought. What kind of judge is that? He does not think even people are people or humans are human. He just thinks that that's one of those. He, he, for him, a human and an ant is the same thing. Right? I mean, that's how he sees, and he's just doing his job. And that was the judge that he was. It's interesting what Jesus brings out this story of a judge. He is a messed up judge. He, I would not want him to be my judge. I mean, seriously, right? He's a corrupt judge. Now, and then when we look at this widow who's asking for justice from this judge, and I'm like, why are you seeking him? But for her, he's the only person to go. So please give me justice and begging him every day, day and night, knocking on his door. He's like, I, I know where you live. And I know he's like, he's like, like, like behind on like near his house, maybe on the fence. And he's like, hi, you know, please. And he's just bugging him every day. And at the end, when you look at verse four and five, he's like, all right, fine. He, he was like refusing her and ignoring for her for the many, many days or if not weeks. But then finally he's like, OK, fine. I don't care about you. You're like an ant to me, but if you're going to bug me like this, then I'm going to finally answer you because I'm going to do this for my sake because I want to sleep at night rather than think about you on the front yard, you know? So he's like, okay, fine. She's so annoying. And then she answers her. See, this is so important, but Jesus is not comparing our Heavenly Father with this judge. He's contrasting. It is an opposite of our Heavenly Father. Because if the crooked, corrupt, messed up judge will eventually answer the widow's plea, then, and that's where it starts, verse 7, And will not God bring about justice for His chosen one who cry out to Him day and night? Will, will He keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see you. He will see that they get justice and quickly. See, this is a parable to teach us how we should always pray, right? And to never give up, right? So that's, that's the lesson. But this is a, prayer of, a parable of contrast. See, our God is not like this corrupt, unjust God. Our God is a just, full of grace and mercy and love. Right? So that's completely opposite. And we are completely different from the widow that is this unnamed widow who had no relationship with the judge. 
She was just treated like an ant or you know, any other you know, creature. We're not like that. We're the chosen one of God. We're the beloved children of God. So this is a contrasting parable that Jesus is trying to teach. And the lesson is not for us to keep, okay, so this is not an encouragement for us to beg God and keep asking him, like bug him to the point where he's like, okay, fine, stop bugging me. That's not the point, because if that is the point, then that's telling God that he's a corrupt God. See, it is teaching us something different. Yes, be persistent, but trust in him that he is a good God. We just sang that. He's a good, good God. That's something we cannot miss. Because if this parable is teaching us to like be annoying to God, then what are we supposed to do? I'm just, we're just going to like yell and like just make waves and wave at him. And, and then, you know, the louder voice, you're the better you are. But that's not the point. Is he the true, just and good God that he is. And do you have faith in that God? So keep praying, keep communicating, even if he seems silent, because know that he is listening. God says he's going to answer quickly, it says, right? But that does not mean immediately. See, quickly in God's term, it might be different from your term. Remember, God holds eternity in his hands. So for him to say quickly does not mean immediately for us on my time. Because this world we live in, it's totally a microwave culture. We go to a store and we, you know, we, we press a button and, the, and, and, and a drone comes and then it gives you a package in the front of your house. Maybe not quite yet, but you know, it's coming to that age, right? It's how quickly we want things. See, when we see quickly, it's like, oh, Amazon Prime quick, you know, kind of thing. But that's not what God is saying. He is saying he's going to work swiftly quickly but in his time which in the in the light of eternity when he shows that when he answers that it's very quick because that is the best time and do you have the faith to trust that that is the most possible quickest possible answer to your prayer when it when god reveals that to you we need faith to trust in that because there are times where we get discouraged are you there god Come on, I've been praying for this for years. There are times we'll feel discouraged, of course. I understand because I've been in that place too. And sometimes I will be. We're like, where are you, God? You remember, you know the Psalms. You know, like a lot of that is a prayer like that. You've forgotten me. Why have you forsaken me? Where and why, God? I mean, those are the real prayers of this life. But in the midst of it all, do you trust that he is good God, church? Do you really believe that he's a faithful God? Yeah, amen. So let's believe in that because in verse 18, verse 8, I'm sorry, chapter 18, verse 8, the latter half says this. However, when the Son of Man, this is Jesus, when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? I want Jesus to find my faith on earth. I want Jesus to find y'all faith. This is very similar to what is written in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. This is a beautiful, beautiful comparison. It says, let's read this together, 2 Chronicles 16. You have that up there? Here, let's read this together. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. That's our God's desire. He says range. I mean, in the original word, it's like He's looking with the binoculars, like looking, looking, where's the faithful soul? 
Who are the ones, men and women of God who are so alike in the way we think with God, fully committed to Him? He's looking. And, and, and the only way to stand out in the, on the earth among the people is not how your fashion or, or your, how loud you are, how, how, how extravagant your prayers are. It's your faith. And that's what God is looking for. That's what Jesus is looking for when he's coming back. Those with faith. May Jesus find faith in you. And the on, only way to cultivate that faith is this ongoing, robust, one-on-one prayer with God. Because that's how we mature in our faith, in our prayer life. When nobody else is looking in the bedroom, in, in the bathroom, in the shower, when, when, in the car, when you are one-on-one with God, that's when the faith grows. The purpose of prayer is not getting what you want when you want it, but the purpose of prayer is to build a closeness with God so that no matter what happens, you're all right. Following is a prayer that I felt is a result of the years of prayer that produced this mature faith. This was found in the wall of a, a hospital in the city of New York. And this is a, a poem almost by an unnamed author. And you might have heard this poem, but check this out. I asked God for strength that I might achieve, but I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity <clears throat> that I might do better things. I asked for the riches, that I might be happy. I was given poverty, that I might be wise. I asked for power, that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness, that I might feel the need of God. Mm. I asked for all things, that I might enjoy life. I was given life, that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I had hoped for, almost despised. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among all men most richly blessed. What a beautiful prayer. That in that prayer, in that life of prayer, he won, he was given, he cultivated a faith that is mature in him. In this world, maybe in you as well, there's a big misunderstanding of prayer. We treat prayer as this one directional, one way. Like, God, all right, so like I write my prayer, just like throw it out there. Oh, oh, it came back. See, it came back. Because if you just throw out there, not thinking that there's this two-way communication, then it's most likely it falls. It's just your wish throwing up in the sky. And, it, it, and, and Tim Keller, or Timothy Keller, he's a, he's a pastor in New York, and he's church planting and different things, and he's a wonderful teacher, and, and he talked about prayer in this way. He's like, we treat prayer as this one-way communication rather than a two-way communication. We often think this prayer as like toss up the prayers in the sky. So if that's the case, it's like the more we have is better. So we just like get all this and just toss it up in the sky. Hey, God, take care of it. But if that's the prayer that we are looking for, then the more you do is better. The louder you write or the bigger you write is better. You just throw it up in the sky hoping that something will stick. But look what happened. Like if there's no recipient, then it's just going to fall. Or we, we treat it as like this. It's like a message in a bottle. Or okay, the unknown somebody in the ocean. I'll drop it so you might respond to me. 
I mean, come on, right? But we treat prayer as foolish as it might look. We treat prayer like that. No, we don't even know who's listening, but we say, ah, bye. Hopefully it'll come back. You know, <laughs> there is no picture in, in that portrayal of in misunderstanding of prayer. There is no image of a loving father waiting and dying to hear you and to answer you. Yes, of course, it's always good to pray for your request and, you know, just just throw it out there. Like, pray for healing, pray for, you know, revival. It's always good after a disaster, earthquake, and, and, and difficult situations in our lives. Of course, pray, 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 always even if it's if it's just a, just the growing of your heart, you just like you just gotta pray. Just keep praying together corporately. If, when we see something, there's a need. Let's pray always. But as far as your daily prayer life, it needs to be this two way communication where you're listening as well as you're talking. Let's look at the two prayers that is found in Luke 18, just right after the things that we read earlier. One by a Pharisee, one by a tax collector. I'm going to read it to you. It says in verse 11, the Pharisees, okay, so by the way, these two are at the temple of God. They're like trying to go into the presence of God, and they're praying there. And the Pharisees, this is verse 11, stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give tenth of all that I get. And this prayer is one directional. Right? He's like, hey, look at me, God. Isn't it cool that I'm not like one of them? I'm doing everything you told me to do. Hey, look at me. Look how good I am. There is no response. That's just you bragging to God. But look at tax collector. He's the, un, the forgotten, hated person in the city, and he is this, this says right here in verse 13, it says that the tax collector stood at distance. He would not even look up to sky or the heaven. It beats his breast or heart and says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Obviously, for this tax collector, God has been speaking in his life. He experienced God's love, he ex- whether it's through scripture, whether it's through his prayer. But God has already been speaking to him. And that's why he's responding to God. I am a sinner. Please have mercy on me. You know the difference in these two? It's the tax collector. It is his response to God's goodness and love. And he's so touched by it. He cannot even look up to the sky. He's pounding him on his heart. Asking to respond to God from his heart. Let's read verse 14 together. Verse 14. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That's key. As we pray, may we exalt God, but may we humble ourselves. So that God, when we humble ourselves, God will be exalted higher than ever. Now, um, may we always approach prayer with humility. And now Timothy Keller also talked about this beautiful exercise that we could do in order to have this two-way direction. He says, pray after you read and meditate on the Word of God. Because you know what? That's, I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, he looks at the psalm. Psalm is like a collection of prayer, like 115 chapters of psalm. It's like all, all about prayer. But chapter 1, 
It says, blessed are those who meditate on the law of God or the words of God day and night. Well, how blessed they are. See, we're, let's meditate on God's word. And as a response to God's word, let's pray. And I, I've done that this week, and it's just been this rich experience. Like I'm reading a psalm, and then I'm, I'm like taking in as a word from God, and then I respond in prayer. And then in that prayer, like God may speak back, and it's like he gives me another verse to read. And I read, and I pray, and read, and pray. I mean, it's just definitely a catch going on, you know. I'm throwing, I'm receiving, I'm throwing, and that's prayer. A rich prayer life is a two-way communication. God has spoken. Of course, through His Holy Spirit, He could speak at any time. He's going to reveal to us a special things whenever He wants to. So there's that, God speaking. But really, God has spoken. He has spoken to you through this. I love this because this is big. And this is like thick letter from God to you. He's been given you this love letter. That's, he's this written 6,000 years and beyond, and He is coming to you with this. Are you responding to that love? You know a person who writes a love letter and a note this much and give it to you, and if you don't respond? You know what you call that? You call that a stalker. A weirdo, Right? Don't let God hang in. Respond to Him. He's, been, he's told you how much He loves you already. He told you how He values you and He sees you as His treasure. He sees you as His beloved child. And if you don't respond to Him, you're going to leave God like this weirdo that is standing in the corner. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Let's respond to God. The words that are spoken, let's respond to God in your prayers. So meditate on the Word of God and then respond to Him in prayer. it got to be a two-way communication. And at the end of today's chapter or, or today's section in verse chapter 18, from 15 on, there's this picture of this little baby that this parents brought to Jesus. Hey, would you bless this baby for me? And the disciples are like, hey, 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 hey. Jesus is busy. He's busy for little babies. He's, he's only for adults, you know. And then Jesus is like, Psh, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Peter, come on. Not you, but the other, you know. Um, you, know and, you know, it's like, give it, give it, give it, here, here. And he holds this baby. It says that he tells us this king, the value of the kingdom of God. If you don't, do not accept the kingdom of God, like this little baby has a, basically he's saying, if you don't have a childlike faith, baby-like faith, then you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You know, these days, I hold the baby a lot. You know, there's a lot of days where I'm holding, because my, you know, baby Zen was born end of May. My, my wife started working the next week. So, like, there are two times a week where I'm with him all day long. And then, you know, I'm holding him. And there are times where he's crying. I'm trying to pat. But, you know, by far, I'm spending so much more time with the, the, the youngest than the other two. Because, frankly, at that time, my wife wasn't working that much. But now we have to do this. So I am this... I'm in this situation where I'm holding this, and it is such a blessed moment. Moment. And there are times where he's crying and he's wiggling, but there's a time where he just drops and he sleeps on my hand. Like he's, he's relying everything in my hand. There's no doubt or cloud of doubt that I'm going to do something bad. Otherwise, you can't sleep like that. Now, is your relationship with our Heavenly Father like that? You're just like, God, I'm all yours, you know? 
Can you do that? Is that how your relationship? Because that's what it should be. That's what God wants from you. Because you know, as a dad, when he does that to me, I'm so blessed. I'm so touched. He's like, hey, this, he, I get to hold him. And he's sleeping. And he's trusting and depending. And that's the childlike faith that we're talking about here. Fully dependent on the one who's carrying you. Our life is in God's hands. And is our prayer life representing that type of trust and faith? Man, I could watch this baby, my son, forever. Like he's smiling, even when he's crying, even when he's trying to poop. And, mm, I could watch this face forever. It's so fun. And when he sleeps, I mean, there's nothing going on. Just a little baby sleeping. But I could watch this baby forever until I fall asleep. But, you know, like, I, I, I love doing that. Please know that Heavenly Father's eye is gazed upon you night and day. There's not a moment where he's going to take his eyes off of you. There is no need to impress our God. You are already special as you are, and he loves you. And there is one thing that God cannot do, is that he cannot not love you. And every day, every moment, his love is just pouring over you. And he's just waiting for you to just fully depend on him. Is your prayer life representing that type of closeness with God? See, I love to read to my son. And, he, because, and then, you know, I, by, I'm, I'm spending one-on-one time, one on one time. See, you could read to him, but he's probably not going to listen because he doesn't recognize your voice. But he does recognize my voice, and he feels comfort in that voice. When you read and open up the Word of God, do you take comfort in the words of God, his voice? And do you, do you get to just like, oh, it's so soothing. Do you, is that your feeling when you hear? The, or, or is it like, oh, man, here's God again speaking to me. And you get tight and tense. Release. Trust your life in his hands. And that's when your prayer life is going to go on a whole nother level. Because you're talking back and you're listening. And you're opening up his word. And you know, when my son cries, I tap on him. Hey, I'm here. I call his name. I'm here. Daddy's here. And he gets relaxed again. And then when he's, when, when he's cool, he, I turn him around. So I'm holding him and he's, we're facing the same way. And I go in front of the mirror. And, and when I hold him, like his face just melts. He like laughs in the mirror. <laughs> because he sees me and him and one. And I'm holding him and he just has this Beautiful, most beautiful. And that's when my heart just melts. When you see the mirror, I hope you see the same thing. You and your father is one. You're in his hands. And then you smile at him. Oh man, it's going to melt his heart. Come on, church. That is the relationship that we're looking for. That is the faith that we're looking for. Yes, you will not see physical God in the mirror, but you know in faith that you are being held in this most precious hand because you are his precious treasure. If an imperfect father, a man like me, could feel that love for this my son, how much more can this perfect Heavenly Father feel for you? Come on. And now... That's why we pray. Because that's the closeness that God is desiring from you. Don't let God be hanging. Don't let God be this weirdo stalker. 
may God be this father that just continued to pour his love on you. And you are responding to that love. How? By fully dependent on him. You know the picture that I showed you in the beginning? You know this one right here. And I hope that this is not the picture of God, but, you know, I, 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 like, 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 because it's kind of, you know, freaky. But, you know, what I mean is, like, in the back of the room, maybe this and this looks the same, you know, because you're too far away. But as you draw closer to God, you will know that He always has this look. He never changes. He's the same. It's you who is distancing Him. And when you go distant, you think like He's this, but he's actually this. And the only way to find out is to draw closer to him. And you will discover that this is the face of God. He's always happy to see you. He's never like, good to see you again. He's always good to see you. Always, always, always. That is the God that we have. So no matter how distant you've been, go see him. Go closer to him. And then pray, because that's how you grow closer. And I just want to, you probably heard this before, but I want to show you this acrostic of prayer. And that's how we pray. And when we could think of these four letters or four words, P-R-A-Y, you know, P stands for praise. When we pray, praise God, thank God, and then R, repent. Confess your sins, repent. And then A, ask. After you praise, after you repent, then ask. Don't do A first. Okay, after P and R, you do A, ask, request, talk. And then Y, this is, I believe, is the most important. Y stands for yield. Trust in Him. P-R-A-Y. Praise, repent, ask, and yield. Let's continue to do that. This is just a powerful prayer tip. I know you probably know this, but let's practice that this week, shall we? And then when you experience God's grace, God's love, and His goodness in your life, and you're like, oh man, me and my God is like one. We're so close together, and you'll continue to experience that. Share that love. Share that, your desire, or your gratitude with other people. And that's the life that we get to continue to journey on together, church. Amen? All right, let's look at weekly challenge. If you could get your phones out, take a picture, and take this with you. There's some practical things that I want you to be thinking about this week. So read Luke 18, 1 through 17. And how did this passage, how will this passage speak to you about the importance of growing closer to God? I mean, it's, it's stories, stories after story about being close with God, trusting in Him. So read that, think about that, grow. Here's a practice. Meditate upon a psalm that you like. It could be any passage in the Bible, but I just said psalm because, you know, I don't know, there's not much of a reason. But anyways, like, <laughs> pick a psalm, and then if you, ha- you don't have a favorite psalm, then you could choose Psalm 23. And just take it in as God's word to you that has already been spoken, and then spend time in prayer as a response to that. And then lastly, overflow. Would you take 30 minutes of your week, sometime this week, 30 minutes or more, to just pray and practice P-R-A-Y. Spend that time. You might have to set aside time. You might have to put an alert on your phone. You might have to like block out a schedule. But 30 minutes. What if we could all do that this week? And imagine how God could speak to you. And for you to be able to yield to Him in that rich time of prayer. And please be act- actually yield. Okay, like Don't just say you yield. But actually yield. 
And that is the way we could overflow this week. Church, let's pray. Father, God, we thank you so much for your goodness in our lives. You've been perfect. You are always. And there are times where we feel distant, but it is not you who backed away, but it is us who turned away. So God, today we come to you and we're desiring this closeness with you. May you find faith on earth. And may we cultivate our faith through the prayer relationship, this closeness with you as we continue to put my heart, our heart, and your heart together and just converse, talk, communicate. May we never treat you as this genie in a bottle. May we treat you as this Heavenly Father that cannot get enough of us. This Father figure that that will always love us. And may we, just like this baby that Jesus held in His hand, may we have a full reliance on you. Drop our worries. Drop our fear. Because we're in the best hand possible. Not in our own hands, but in the hands of our Creator, the all-loving God that you are. We thank you for your grace upon grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Church, why don't we rise and then let's praise together.